Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Westwood Living Podcast Network. Tom Lydon with you. Got to be honest, a little bit nervous today. A little bit nervous with Melissa Rush. How are you this, tonight? I'm doing great, and you are doing great, Tom. Oh Well, as of, like right this moment, I'm doing great. Like the first <laughs> 10 seconds of this podcast, always. I'm doing great. You're always doing great. I get very nervous when I'm with a person who's just known to be quite funny. I don't necessarily know what direction you're going to take this in. Are you going to make fun of me? Are you going to point out some of my flaws? You've already put me a little bit at ease by giving me a compliment, so thank you very much. Yes, and you know, in comedy, you always punch up. You never punch down. Or if we're at the same level, you just punch straight across. But I would never do that to you. I appreciate you taking the time <laughs> and being so considerate to not take advantage of me. For those of you who don't know who Melissa Rush is, that's why you're listening. I'm going to introduce you to this fine woman and share with you that, number one, she is quite funny and will be the comedian who's working with us uh, next Thursday night, February the 8th at Neroli for the inaugural Galentine's Night Luxury Purse Galentine's bingo. Luxury Purse Oh, I didn't know that event. you came with singing too. Oh, I, I don't even put that on my resume. Wow. <laughs> I guess it's always good to surprise people. <laughs> Karaoke, yes. Did you know that I'm good at calligraphy? Ooh, calligraphy. I thought I, I thought you would never ask. <laughs> That's a lie. I can do calligraphy. You can? I really can. Yeah, I used to have a calligraphy set. I need some help with the cards. for No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I'll do that too. Please, please. I'll do the table settings for the event uh, on February 8th. Be careful. I'll hand do them. Be careful what you volunteer for. <laughs> what I love, I don't know how many months ago it was that we had a chance to chat about this for the first time, but you were in. You loved the idea. I talked with Mike Tinsley and I said, Mike, this is a great great opportunity for us to give these women who are showing up to this event on the 8th just a night to laugh a night to have some fun a night to laugh so you hopped in and what's it been like for you now you've known for a couple months you're doing this you've got a lot of gigs which we'll talk about but this is a specific yeah gig. well you know Tom, I don't know if your listeners know, but I'm a 1989 graduate of Westwood High School. There's a whole posse of you that I know. remain in the region. Yeah, so, I mean, at least, I mean, I'm guessing more than half of that room that we have is going to be from <laughs> Westwood High School. But the thing that's great is I grew up there. You know, my parents lived in the town for, I don't know, it was my dad's first house um, when, he turned, when he turned 30. You know, it was his first house that he bought. I was five years old, and Westwood has been my home forever. Now... I will say I live in Walpole, but that was just because I couldn't afford to buy my parents' house. <laughs> you know, sometimes let's you got to cash honest. out, right? Sometimes let's, you take the money. They and needed run. it for their retirement. Let's, totally. And I was a newlywed young lady, but um, so the next town over is just as good. But I'm in Westwood all the time. So were there superlatives back in 1989? I think about oh. those that I know from that class, and I try to think of to myself, what would Hanya have been? And what would Sandra have yes. been? And yeah. what was Melissa? So come on, tell me what, yeah, what it yeah. was like back in the late you 80s. You know, in, in the late, in the 80s, you know, I, I, I have a funny joke that I'll, you know, I'll say for the, for the event. But basically, it was a wild time. It was wild and carefree. But it was very, um, I would say of my group of friends, people were very academic, you know, believe it or not, people were really smart, at least the close friends of mine that I had. And, you know, I think it had a lot to do with the families, you know, the, the parents were pillars of the community, the kids played sports, or they were in drama club. I mean, it was just a lot like it is today. I mean, exactly like it is today, minus there was no internet, laptop, social media. People talk to one another. People talk to one another. And it was really that that beautiful town that, that every time I go back, it just reminds me, I mean, not to be, you know, 
a little morbid, but my parents are buried in Westwood Cemetery, God rest their soul. Went to St. Margaret Mary's for my first communion. I mean, Westwood is in my blood. <laughs> Do you have a strategy when you start putting together a, a comedy set? What are you thinking about? You're gonna have a room of 94 women. I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, what's your strategy going in? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things about comedy that's great is you really have to express yourself and be authentic. You have to, if you're not willing to be your true self, then, then you're not going to survive, you know? And I think comedy is not for everyone. And the reason why I got into it much later in life is because it requires an extraordinary amount of confidence. And, you know, I think most comedians are either very depressed and sad or very confident or a little bit of both. So I, I don't know. I just, I just felt like it was time for me to, uh, you know, express myself and, and and like I said Westwood bringing it back was a kind of a town that I just felt so connected to and comfortable and, and my upbringing you know to this day I still talk about it and people are amazed that I still have friends from for literally over 40 years okay so I have asked two direct questions that you didn't answer either of them <laughs> one of them was about the superlatives and I have to hold you somewhat accountable like do you remember like what was were you the class clown were you oh. the most likely to succeed what no. were you back in 89 I you know I was on the swim team I was the only diver on the Westwood high school team most you know. likely to swim the English channel yeah most likely to be Diana Nyad um no but you know I was I was definitely goofy and, and and funny but we all had the big hair and we all you know we all look like saved by the bell did you know that the yearbook is actually available to anybody who wants to yeah. peer through it at the Westwood Public Library yeah and I actually have a copy and I'm happy to bring it with me when we go to the Galentine's you're gonna event. see a lot of those women there what I get a kick out of is you know you were right in the midst of that women's basketball team oh yeah being kick ass the empire and they still have some competitive fire yeah. when you get together with these women they'll fire up and oh, talk yeah. about how good yeah. they were yeah women's i mean i loved the sports the the women's basketball men's basketball the football team you know i mean i was on the swim team nobody was cheering for us but you know the boys soon realized that they got to see girls half dressed um, <laughs> at a sporting event so we started to get some onlookers um, you know t closer to see year very pg-13 stuff but you know guys good segue to <laughs> talking about what you're going to do when we were together at chris and hanya's christmas party yeah. <laughs> we said like so come on i mean how how dirty are we going to get here on this night but you said something very interesting you're like you can tell right away you can tell what kind of crowd it's going to be yeah and i think you know tom with your history of being in news and sports and being an, an anchor man and interviewer you, you it's all about vibes you know not to be like yoga you know ooh spiritual but truthfully you can tell a room or an individual as soon as you walk in you get the feeling you get the vibe and so also too if you know if for example if you're doing a charity event um you know and it's a cancer event or you know it's for needy children or something you know you're going to want to steer clear of jokes about either of those two topics know your audience is a big one if you're going to do a you know a, a senior citizens you know which i have done a senior citizens lunch um you know there were certain things i just kind of stayed away from but then you avoid your hospice set 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to insult, but I did fist fight this lady um, for a silver fox because she was also single. But um, there's just it, it. I have fun, and I don't. I don't. What is it? You don't judge a book by its cover. So a lot of the seasoned comedians that I've talked to, I said, oh, I probably shouldn't talk about, you know, middle school girls and their periods to this like wild group of Providence late night, you know, hecklers. And he's like, no, you got to, you got to, just got to talk about what's, what's real to you. You know, you don't want to talk about stuff that guys talk about. So it was really cool that, you know, you can learn to just let your audience learn about what you do and they find it interesting so you never know you can bomb pretty easily or you can soar and do a great job but it's all about the vibes <laughs> so step back broader stroke let's learn a bit more about how when you took this leap because it seems to have come later in life i check out your social media feeds at melissa rush comedy <laughs> on instagram and i see you got a gig here you got a gig there you're hosting this you're doing that hey don't forget to join me this wednesday if you can't get that get me next month i mean it's been ridiculous how your schedule's filled up yeah and that's a journey well okay so one of our good friends chris trapper i remember um talking to chris and and my friends throughout throughout high school and more in college and older in life, they're like, you're so funny. You should be a comedian. You're so funny. And I said, I'm only friendly with you guys. Like, I'm only friendly when we're joking around together. Um, and I think what happened was, is in high school and college, I was a radio DJ. So I was on the microphone and spinning cassettes, <laughs> really. And there was, I don't even think we, it wasn't, oh gosh, it was the 90s. So it was yeah, probably, the, it was CDs, it was, right? We might have had CDs, but we also still did vinyl and which you still was, did you made mixtapes which I mean, is oh you, yeah we made mixtapes and you know how bad it was you know the sec would come after me but i used to record songs off of like kiss 108 or wbcn and then i would play it over the airwaves at philip sandover <laughs> i mean it was like a triple sec you know <laughs> it's all good we all have our strategies for success but no but really so i was on i knew as a young kid that i want that i i loved being on stage and and my uncle was a rock musician in the 70s called New England and opened for Kiss. And my first concert was eight years old at the Kiss concert at the Providence Civic Center. And that was when I said, oh, I want to see my name in lights. You know, I've, I've, I've arrived. I saw Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley backstage without makeup. You, no one saw them without makeup until like, you know, they got 30 years makeup. later. <laughs> but, you know, they, it, it, incredible. So I always knew I wanted to do it. But my dad was very, very practical and was a businessman and wanted, you know, me to go to college or business school or get an MBA or go to law school and didn't want me to pursue entertainment or anything like that. I think he wanted me to succeed in life. But what he didn't realize is that, you know, you can succeed in, in many ways. And unfortunately, he didn't get to see me do my comedy, but he knew that I did podcasts and stuff. But can I interject yes, real inter quickly? I, in I could that, go on for to, too long. In that vein. <laughs> It's weird when your parents die mm. and then all of a sudden you do something else because for me, that was truly the case with my dad. So dad knew me as a sports marketer and then boom, 20 years of TV, passed away in 2020 and my mom was here for the birth of Westwood Living and everything that this has become, which has been such a gift to me. I love doing this and connecting people and interacting with business owners and doing things like this. So mom was there as we launched this. And, and I met part your of the sister journey. a couple times. I got a couple sisters. You've met yep. Peggy. She'll yep. be there on February 8th, in Good, fact. Peggy. And I got another sister, Patty. And I was driving around about a month ago. 
And just out of nowhere, I said, oh, my God, my dad would have loved Westwood Living. And I hadn't thought of it. Yeah. Right? Isn't it weird? Like you start doing something yeah. else and then you reflect on it. And you start thinking about your parents and you're like, man, he would have loved the parties. He would have yeah. loved oh, the people. Yeah. He would have loved the stories. Yeah. He would have loved this, the failed sales calls, like all of it. <laughs> yeah. And so I only bring that up because I know you must be experiencing that too. It's like, damn it. I wished mom and dad were in the crowd. But you know what? I am a believer. They are here. They inspired you to do that stuff. You know, I feel like I could be an evangelical, uh, you know, <laughs> reverend and they listen. You know, but really, I think all of our, our, our whole lives have, been, have come to this moment. Like everything we've experienced in life. And you asked me how I got into comedy so late. Well, I went through a divorce. And it's those, those changes in life, those pivots, those brick walls that turn into yellow brick roads. I mean, it's those changes and challenges that you have in life that helps you to discover something new. And those who don't make change during really difficult and hard times, you know, kind of stay stagnant with death, with the death of my parents, with my divorce. These were huge, huge life altering things that happened. But with the love and support of my friends, truly my high school friends from Westwood, not to be cheesy and get back to it, but really like those were the people who I leaned on and my, you know, dear friends in the neighborhood in Walpole too. But I just said, you know what? I'm going through a divorce. Guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. I just am finally. It was just one of those turning points in my life that I just said, if not now, when? Totally. So I did it. <laughs> I love it. And I've had moments like that throughout my life. I mean, I quit a job when I was 27 years old that was lucrative and fun working for the National Hockey League. I'm like, I'm going to go make 23 grand a year working in Allentown. What? Because it was a dream. Because it was something that if you didn't do it, you would have felt you were unfulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And now, the sort of the... The beauty of being older, and you know, I'm in my early 50s, you know, barely just 50, but I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. You know, I care, and I say that in, in, in a kind way. I, I'm, if I want to try something, or I like something, or I think something's cool, I'm just going to do it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm going to have liked it from another friend or, you know, been influenced through somebody, but. I think it's taking chances is, is so brave. And it's just another phase of my life that I really. I feel passionate about telling friends of mine, you know, go follow your dream. Like, don't, you know, go, just go do that silly thing. Go get, do that painting class that you want to do. And I know it sounds cliche, but that's how it was for me with comedy. It was people are like, oh my God, how did you do that? I said, I literally just walked into an open mic in Providence with one of my girlfriends and went on stage at like 1030 at night. And I, I, I just did it. But I, I've always kind of been risky like that. Like, I've always kind of taken these kind of wild risks, like getting on a train uh, from Germany to Italy <laughs> by myself in a sleeper car. I mean, you know, just fearless in a lot of ways. That was very random. It was very random, yeah. <laughs> I and didn't expect that sentence to come out of your mouth. It reminds me of the time when I was cutting the ice in Alaska with the yeah. Eskimos. No, and really, and these, we could do a podcast just about my adventures. <laughs> I, I'm going to get just last top. We'll wrap it up by being, I don't know, funny, irreverent, but a serious thing I just want to touch on quickly with you, which you alluded to, because it's not something I necessarily struggle with, but I think that I've generally been a person who tries to please everybody. And just by nature of my job, it's like the more people who like me, the better, right? So you try to have, oh, how am I going to get everybody to like me? Ironically, it's the people who create as many enemies as they do friends who are probably the most popular, but it's just not in my nature, right? So you talked about the concept of, 
you know, I don't care what people think. And I don't know if I'm there yet. I really don't think I'm there. I'm really not there. You know, I'm really not there. Of course I care. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a girl. I'm a mom. I'm, you know, of course I care. But But how about this? My one that I took from a friend of mine, which I actually take to heart now. I'm like, okay, I guess that's reality. He had a great line. He goes, I'm not for everyone. Absolutely. That's so, it's so true. You know, it's like with dating. I mean, my God, I'm an online dating nightmare and you're not for everyone and I'm not for everyone. And that's the beauty of life is that you can change the channel if you don't like that Netflix special. If you don't like that comedian on TV, change the channel. If you don't like that guy you went out with on a crappy date, goodbye. You don't, nothing, you don't have to continue on a boring and lazy and, and, and just terrible path well i can accept that i can (laughs) i'm still at the stage where like i want to know why (laughs) like okay i'm not for you why what is it and so i guess i just need to get past that and i think most people just probably need to get past that and say like well listen all of us are not for everybody so just accept the fact that you're going to have some detractors and some people who are ultra supportive and be happy that if you're lucky you've got more in one column than you do the other yeah and and also too i mean healthy feedback and stuff like that the people that like you and then People that maybe that don't like like it exactly, but they're going to give you like an honest feedback, a professional or personal feedback, which I really appreciate. It's very hard for me to hear criticism, and I try not to criticize and because of that. But I think we all, I don't think anybody should be living in a vacuum and just, you know, like, like a, you know, just out in the middle of the street, just promoting your craft to no one. I mean, <laughs> there's a time to reel it in, <laughs> you know, it's, it's time. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. So for those of you who are, there's time to reel it in. So we're going to reel this in. For those of you who will be able to join us next Thursday, February 8th, you will get a chance to hear Melissa's fantastic comedy routine, I'm sure. I can't wait myself. I think Mike Tinsley and I are going to be, and Jay Risha will be yeah, the only three yeah. males in the room. Don't worry, so. I'll, I'll give you plenty of attention. <laughs> if you need me as a muse or just somebody to pick on, feel oh, free. I will. But remember, I do have that delicate... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he does write the checks, people. <laughs> All right, so that's Melissa Rush. You can follow her journey at Melissa Rush Comedy on Instagram. And please join us at future events and buy your tickets early because they sell out quickly. But thanks for the time. I appreciate it. And thanks for joining us next Thursday night. Thank you so much for having me. That's the very latest from the Westwood Living Podcast. If there's anybody else you'd like me to have a conversation with, please never hesitate to send me an email, tleiden at bestversionmedia.com. I will track that person down, corner them in a room with a fire blazing, and talk to them and learn more about them and share it with you right here. But for now, that is the latest. Have a great day. Good night. Good night.